Hey, what's going on everyone? This is Jeff from A Series of Horrors, and we are looking for sponsors. If you are interested in sponsoring A Series of Horrors podcast, all you need to do is reach out to us at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com, or you can always slide into our DMs at Series of Horrors podcast on Instagram. Thanks. Welcome to a series of horrors podcast. I'm Jackie from Canada. And I am Jeff from America. And today we are finishing up our Fright Night fun yes. watching experience. Franchise? Yeah. Question mark? Franchi- I don't know how this could be a franchise with three remakes. Yeah. It, it, it technically only has one sequel, even though there are two part twos. I don't know what this remake was. I <laughs> Gosh, I hated this movie so much. I'm not going to say it was good. I am going to say I didn't hate it. I will be so mad if you rate this higher than what we do in the shadows. So mad. What if I rate it the same as what we do in the shadows? I will still be? probably be mad. But <laughs> if this beats it out, I don't I don't even know. We might have to take a break. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say, all right. Me and Jackie have to go to counseling. Yeah. Um, we, have to, we have issues we need to work through or work around. Oh, man. All right. Well, this one was Fright Night 2 New Blood, which was released in 2013. Straight to video and not Bloodlines, as I've been calling it every week when we talk about it. But okay. I thought you called it New Blood last episode, but I can't remember. I thought I called it Bloodline, but that's that's what the name was in my brain the entire time. But apparently I was wrong. So in your mind, was it like the TV show Bloodlines with Linda Cardelli? Sure. I never watched it, but I must say yes. I watched the first episode and wasn't that interested. My sister says it was really good, though. So I don't know. Never, never got it. Linda Cardelli, she's like Mrs. Hawkeye, right? Was she? I have only seen Age of Ultron once. No, but she's in the other ones. Is she? No, one. I also have not seen Endgame. She's in Endgame. She's not in it long, but she's in it. Yeah, I haven't um, seen... I saw Age of Ultron in the theaters, and then I gave up on most Marvel movies after the Spider-Man movie, I think. The first one? Homecoming? Like the yeah. first Tom Holland I think one? it was... Or, okay, maybe Civil War came out after that. I loved Civil War. That was good. But, oh, Doctor Strange is where I gave up. That's where I gave up. Not remembering. Doctor Strange to me has gotten better over time. I didn't like it when I first watched it, and then I liked it more on, like, in a second watch. Yeah, I got taken to the theater for that one by a friend who was super excited about it because the guy from Hannibal was the bad guy. And she was like, we need to go see this. I love him. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's go see it. And I fucking hated it so much. And I was like, why did I waste? And I got a discount at that movie theater. So I paid like $2.50 for this movie. And I'm like, why did I waste my $2.50? I could have taken the bus for that. But taking the bus where? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> see a mirror dimension. And it kind of looked like Inception. Kind of. It was like a shitty Inception. I really loved Inception when it came out. Inception to me is over is overrated. Absolutely. I saw it before. Like, I saw it opening weekend in theaters. Like, I like it. It's fine. It's fine. You need to see Tenet. That's what you need to see. You need to see Tenet and then explain it to me because I don't understand it. <laughs> see, my biggest disappointment of that movie is why is David Tenet not in it? <laughs> 
Maybe he is. Maybe he's inverted in that movie because they say the word inversion a lot. Oh, Lord. I don't know. Yeah, I fell off with the Christopher Nolan stuff after uh, Dark Knight Rises. I was like, hmm, yeah, I feel like you're losing your touch, bud. Oh, my favorite one is still Prestige. I love the Prestige. So still haven't seen that one. Jesus Christ, Jackie. I told you, I saw The Illusionist <laughs> instead, and it was shitty. And it was like one of those situations where the same-ish movie comes out in the same year. And you know what I was saying? I'm like, this has become the podcast of the movies Jackie hasn't watched. I'm like, oh, Absolutely. I haven't seen this <laughs> Like, my entire life, everyone I know, they call me the movie buff, and I'm the pop culture nerd, and blah, 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 blah. And then I talk to you, and I'm like, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's just like this movie i didn't see this movie like oh okay huh. oh. Also, i'm gonna have scar joe in it and um rebecca hall which i love and logan is in it yes and, and um, batman and batman it's wolverine versus batman and, and Andy david Serkis bowie and david bowie come on i know and, i know i do need to see it i just haven't <laughs> and sir michael kane is in it yeah. Okay. Well, we'll add it to the list. Like in our three movie nights from now, maybe we can watch it. <laughs> exactly. Because we have like our next like two or three movie nights planned out already. Exactly. Oh man. But oh, I know what we'll do. I know what we'll do. We'll do this, the Prestige, and then for me, um, one of the movies that like you told me about Jesse and Celeste or something. Oh yeah, Jesse and Celeste forever. That'll be our double feature because I had never heard of that until you. So that, that could be like it's my favorite rom com because there's actual character development in it that is good <laughs> it's come on the procedure is kind of like a rom not so not so much comedy but rom there's romance there's romanticness in, it, in certain parts i'll take your word for it but yeah i'll be disappointed if that romance does not involve david bowie no it doesn't disappointed just like hercules He's in love with science in that movie, so he could know about that. He's, that's he's his got love a big old science owner. Excellent. That, that would be great. He's named Nikola Tesla, so it's like a big what about science there. He loves electricity and making light bulbs glow in the ground. <laughs> okay, I feel like I just like, before we talk more about it, I just need to see the movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay, should we jump into this incredibly shitty movie? I guess we should eventually, you know, and at seven minutes, we're doing pretty good. We and are. Not, I mean, we've had much longer. <laughs> not not bad. I'm almost afraid to ask about another movie that we might be adding to our movie night eventually. <laughs> the list is just ongoing and, and never ends. Then we forget the movies sometimes. I also do this to Raj all the time where like I'll make a movie reference and he doesn't know what I'm talking about. And then I'm like, oh, now I have you have to see this movie. And then it will become time that we're watching a movie. He's like, didn't you have like 80 movies that you wanted me to watch? And I'm like, yes, I don't remember a single one. This is what you do. Dry erase board next to the couch, right? That's what I had at my old house. With used to live with my best friend, Addie, and her boyfriend, well, now husband, Chris. And we each had an individual whiteboard beside the TV where we would write movies for each other to watch. Exactly. See, you can do that. Oh, and they never took it down even after I moved out. They kept it. We got the Karate Kid trilogy. We got um, the rest of the Die Hard movies. We got, uh, not, the Prestige was just added to this list. Oh, there was something else. There was something else. Right. I can't There was something else. But, eh, I remember I, was, I did say John Wick, but I'm like, you know what? If you don't want to watch it, I'm okay with it. And you have to watch Harry Potter. 
Yeah, there's eight Harry Potter movies that I have to suffer through. Our Patreon is going to have fun with that. If, when and if we ever set that up, it's going to be the us talking about our watch-alongs with the movies we never saw before. Yeah. My best friend Ray was also trying to convince me that you don't have to do like entire seasons of a TV show. You should just make Jeff watch individual episodes of Buffy in between your seasons that you cover. And I'm like, I would love to do that. I don't know if Jeff would love me to do that. I can deal with an episode of Buffy here and there, but not like the seven or eight seasons. Seven. Seven seasons of Buffy. Yeah, that would have to be paywalled, I guess, if I'm putting that much work into that. That'd be. I love Buffy. I really didn't like Angel upon rewatch, though. That was that was a disaster and a half. I don't I don't even know what that show was. The writing was so fucking terrible and the writing directly contradicted what was set up in Buffy constantly. And I'm like, do you guys just not watch? You're supposed to be in the same universe. Do you not pay attention to what they put down before you started your show? I just whatever. Okay. And if my memory is correct, didn't Angel last, not last longer, but like was still on after Buffy had ended? Yeah, they had one final season after Buffy uh, ended because Buffy ended because Sarah Michelle Gellar wanted to move on. After six or seven years, I don't blame her. Yeah. So then Angel had one more season, which was uh, like the worst season of Angel, which is really hard to say because all the seasons were fucking terrible. And actually that season was kind of better for a moment because Spike jumps over to Angel in season five, which was good. I'm learning to like the actor that does that plays Spike because of other things. But yes, it's still. But yeah, so he comes in. So he adds some fun humor to it. But the plot lines are just terrible. They kill off two characters that in the poorest ways possible. (sighs) It just, it sucked. It sucked so bad. And then I just was sitting there fuming, thinking about all the dumb boys I've talked to throughout my years where I go, I really love Buffy and Buffy's an amazing show and it's so incredible, the writing and blah, 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 blah. And they go, yeah, I could never get into Buffy, but I watched all of Angel. Angel was good. And then I'm watching this shit show and I'm like, this was not good. Not good. How did you get into this show and not the other one? Girl, man. 11 minutes. This is better. (laughs) This is more like us. (laughs) This is more. Yeah, this is more like me and you. So, all right, this movie, Friday Night Two, New Blood, not New Bloodline. Blood. Stop trying to tell me to say Bloodline. That's not it. Okay, I did not end up writing down any of the fun facts for this movie because they were so fucking boring, just like this movie. So, <laughs> let's just jump into the movie itself. We go to Prague. Prague, Romania is Prague in Romania. I thought thought it was in Prague. They're in Romania. I don't know. I'm horrible with geography. Do not quiz me on anything. Don't don't bring up a map and ask me to point to Romania. I have no clue. (laughs) Just I have an idea. Oh, Prague is in the Czech Republic. I can find Australia on a map. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. See, you know, it's pluses. I can do Australia. I can do Italy. I can do Canada. I can do the states. But if you can do Canada, me and you would have a conversation. Listen, you at least got to get your homeland in there. What I absolutely love when you're in America and you watch the Weather Network, Canada Mm -hmm. doesn't exist. Alaska is floating by itself, even though Alaska is attached to Canada. It's just like, no, didn't you know Alaska's an island? Come on, Alaska just floats out there in the middle of the sea. That's it. That's all it does. (laughs) Meanwhile, whenever you see our reports, like you get the report for New York as well, at least. Look. New York, just in case. (laughs) 
like they you, they have all the states, but they only really give you the weather for New York. And maybe that's an Ontario thing because we border on New York. But anyways, okay, <laughs> backslash starting this movie. Yeah, yeah. Can, is, can we go back to something we haven't started yet? On to Europe. How about that? On Europe? to Europe. We open on a car pulling up into a gas station. The woman is inside her car and smoking a cigarette, and she leaves the lit cigarette inside her car. She goes outside to start pumping the gas, and she checks her phone. She is then startled by a noise. She looks around but does not see anything, so she gets back into her car to continue her text messages to a Marcel Corot. And the text messages are in French, which I have translated for you. Yes, I've tried my best to translate them. The first one I couldn't quite get. It sounds weird in English if you directly translate it. Hey, you'll do better than me at this because I don't, the French and me don't get along. No, the language. I don't know any French people. Maybe we would get along. <laughs> I mean, the French and their white flags, you know, like who exactly. gets along with just, them. They just, they just give up. It's fine. They're like, I give up. I'm saying hello. I know, but I give up. Like, right. Okay. So the conversation reads, I miss you from the other person. I miss you. And then tonight is night is my direct translation of it. Maybe they mean tonight is the night? Maybe. But yeah, my direct translation was tonight is night. Okay. Then she responds with, if you marry me, dot, dot, dot. They respond with a sad face. And then she is currently typing and sends, I hate this shitty road. Then as she hits send, something breaks through her window and it starts growling at her and attacking her. We see that there is a rosary hanging from her rearview mirror. She screams and she backs away into the passenger seat. The creature reaches through her car door and ends up touching the rosary and is burned by it. The woman, which I refer to as Frenchie, she screams for help. As yeah, Not like we get a name ever. So it's exactly. So she's just Frenchie. She screams for help as the creature climbs onto the top of her car. The gas is still pumping into her car and now it's like overflowing, which I have questions about. I don't know about you, but our gas pumps here in Canada, like you leave it to pump the gas and then it like has a measure that it once it touches the nozzle, it stops pumping. Same thing here. But maybe this is an old gas pump and didn't have that? I guess. It's just like overflowing with massive amounts of gas. Like it's ridiculous. My whole thing is who turned the pump on? She did when she got out of the car, but we just didn't see like a cutaway shot to her doing it. Yeah, but like she didn't, like there's no attendant though, right? Like it doesn't seem like that thing took the credit card either. I don't know. Like in Canada, there aren't any attendants. You just go and you pump your gas and then you can either pay at the pump or you can go in and tell them I have pump whatever. They trust you in Canada to to not lie. Yeah, they have cameras also to like track your license plate. Well, here in America, you have to pay before you pump because Uh. we don't trust you. You know, Canadians are real nice. We don't steal our gas. Apparently. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I mean, based on the news this week, Canadians aren't real nice. There's a whole horror show happening right now. Yeah. I never want to bring it up to you because I remember telling you the day that I saw it. I'm like, I'm not going to bring this up. Yeah. It's not a good thing. It's just, Anyways. Let's get back to this shitty movie. So yeah, the gas is just overpouring from the nozzle and her tank. So she crawls out of the passenger side door and we see that the creature is on top of her car. She then tosses her lit lighter at the gasoline soaked ground and runs as it causes an explosion. The explosion ends up blowing her away and she hits into the shop doors. The creature then just jumps from the car and walks away as if they're totally chill and fine. Because they are. They are. Yeah, pretty much. We then cut 
quickly to the shop security footage and then the lady runs in and she's screaming hey like is anyone here and there isn't there isn't she looks back at the burning car and then she grabs the shop's phone to call what i assume is 999 there but like 911 equivalent as she turns back a burnt faced person is right behind her and they grab her the security footage just shows that Frenchie is being thrown around by an invisible force and she's being like thrown into the counter, thrown into display cases, thrown into fridge and breaking the glass and just thrown everywhere. <laughs> we then have this music playing that is eerie and like it reminds me of religious music. I don't know, like the usual like religious tune that's like, ah, 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 like that. <laughs> but in French. <laughs> Okay, the, the French um, like choir, something like that? Yeah. Uh, so then she's dragged to a standing position and her neck is exposed. And then we cut to some bad CGI of the burnt person's burns instantly healing as they feed from Frenchie. And Frenchie's blood trickles down her white shirt to form the movie's title, Font Time. Font Time. They decided to take the 80s approach and have my favorite fangs back with the F and the T. And it was also created out of blood, which was the first movie's, not first movie, the 2011 movie's attempt. So, so they mixed them both. This is this movie's interesting in that way. Kind of takes it's taking ideas from everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Some of them very much like, hot feel like a reference to the 2011 remake. Other ones feel like a reference to the 80s one. Even the sequel has like some Jerry Dandridge is a woman this time. No, hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a mod podge of references that don't work together. <laughs> Man, maybe Jerry. No, no, she can't be Jerry other Dandridge's sister again, like in the original sequel. <laughs> hey, it's the Dandridge siblings, Jerry and Jerry. <laughs> Come on. The parents weren't creative. They weren't. <laughs> oh, Lord. But in this movie, Jerry isn't even her real name. Yeah, exactly. She just heard of this American vampire. It's like, I like that name. I shall take it. Yes. Geraldine Dandridge. Yes. <laughs> we then cut to European Street and Charlie, Amy and Ed are climbing out of various bands. Amy and Charlie have a chat. Amy is saying that what's done is done. Charlie is asking if she'll ever trust him again. Amy is wearing this truly obnoxious cross necklace. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to wear the biggest cross I can because I'm in a vampire movie. I think that she raided Chris Angel's wardrobe and got that cross. <laughs> oh, she raided David Tennant yeah. in the first one? Okay, I'm sorry, I was saying actual Chris sure. Angel because I think I've seen him wear that. But yes, sure. Uh <laughs> She raided Peter Vincent, the American Peter Vincent. Wait, no, this one's American too. Um, <laughs> Actually, no, the Peter Vincent last one. Didn't he have the British accent? Like, like? He was British. Yeah, but he was yeah. in Vegas. The Vegas Peter Vincent. <laughs> yeah, because this is the American Peter Vincent, which I like. Hey, come on, Ghost Hunter Peter Vincent. Now he went from a horror movie host, which makes sense why they never did it again, because that doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> to a Vegas, a Vegas magician, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And now a Ghost Hunter, which is also awesome. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. And I, I like the Ghost Hunter angle. Maybe that's because of my business. <laughs> Maybe. And the Peter Vincent guy did a good job Peter Vincenting. <laughs> yes, he was one of my favorite parts of this movie, um, which isn't saying much because there weren't very many favorite parts. He was very much like the original Peter Vincent. <laughs> Like, just not about it and scared and want, and in it for the money? Yes, but more of an American gruffness that made it more funny. Because the original Peter Vincent just seemed like a pansy. <laughs> yes, this guy's like, I'm big and gruff, but it's like he doesn't care. Yes, yeah. he's more indifferent to it all. And then when he saw that it was real, he was not, he was like, nope, I'm gonna... <laughs> 
hide with all my friends. I love that scene so much. We'll get into that scene, but <laughs> anyways, okay. So yeah, Amy and Charlie are having this conversation. He tries to give her chocolates and she tells him that's nice, but she needs to go check into her room and then she doesn't take the chocolates and just pieces. She's so cold. All right, in this movie, we, we come to learn or find out that Charlie and Amy are broken up. Yes. Over Charlie cheating on Amy, question mark? Yeah. Or kissing on the girl, question mark? Yeah. I, so we got an intro to Ed before that's revealed. Uh, so Ed jumps mm. on Charlie for one of the many stupid jump, quote unquote, scares, where it's just Ed jumping on Charlie. <laughs> he has these fake vampire teeth in his mouth. And then he's saying, you know what they say? when in Romania and Charlie's like it's when in Rome you dumbass then Ed confirms to Charlie that he's coming on the blood sucker blues tour with him tonight it's a midnight tour of all the castles rumored to be the layers of the original vampires Charlie agrees to join and Ed says he could probably use a night out on the town now that he's single and then he specifies that Charlie cheated on Amy Charlie's trying to deny it but he's like didn't one of Amy's friends catch you kissing some other girl so that's the only detail we got. It seems vague to me because why would Charlie to his friend be like, no, I didn't do it. If he did do it, like it doesn't matter Like to this guy. Their friendship seems very iffy. <laughs> and it's the type of guy that I think that if Charlie admitted it, he would immediately like yell like, hey, Amy, you hear that? He did kiss Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever. They should have named her whoever he cheated on with. They should have named her in the movie. And it should have been the name from the girl from part two. Whatever that Alex. is. Alex. <laughs> Alex, yes, exactly. There, yeah, boom. Good memory, because I'm like, the girl. Yeah, it's because you you called me out on it at the beginning. You're like, Amy, but not Amy. And I was like, I don't remember her name. So now I'll always remember her name. <laughs> I'll never forget as long as I live. Yeah. Alex from Fright Night, part two. So Charlie tells him that he needs to, Ed, that he needs to drop it. And then Ed points out that there's this hot girl all in white. And she's, I think that it's Frenchie, but she has like reddish hair now but it looked like the same actress maybe maybe she got turned yeah so she is walking over to and she goes inside the building that's across the street from their hotel we then cut to their hotel room ed is watching peter vincent ghost hunter on his tablet and then ed says out of respect he'll give it a week and then he's going to try his hardest to fuck amy that's a friend for you that's a pal <laughs> I had like a lot of questions about like male friendships in this movie. <laughs> like, Jeff, please explain. Is is this really what you do with your buddies? It's like, oh, you're no. heartbroken. I'm going to tell you about how I'm going to try to fuck your ex. Hmm. Can't speak for every man, but usually in my friend group, that's 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 a no go. Mm. You know, uh, especially if you know yeah, he's trying to get back with her for whatever reason. Yeah, I assumed that as much, but you know, I I'm not a man, and I do not pretend to know male friendships. So. Yeah, no, it's usually, it might be a friendship deal breaker kind of thing. Don't like Ed. <laughs> Anyways. No, I don't like him. <laughs> I miss McLovin. I, no, yeah, I miss McLovin, but I still like him more than the original psychopath Ed, so it's fine. So I guess it's something. Yeah, he's like your typical obnoxious teenager versus <laughs> wannabe serial killer slash Ted Bundy in the making. <laughs> 
Well, Charlie flips him off for what he says, and then Ed goes off to the bathroom. Charlie then sees Frenchie with another woman across the street through their window. They're getting naked and caressing each other and kissing. And the brunette kissing Frenchie and appears to notice Charlie watching. She smiles and then continues and bites her neck. But like it seems like a love biting her neck until the woman turns around and Charlie notices blood trailing down Frenchie's back. And even then, if I were watching, let's just say, because 16-year-old Jeff or 17-year-old Jeff, however this guy's movie, would have kept on watching. I don't know that I would have really batted an eye too much at this. Oh, wow, they're really into some stuff. And then that might have been it for me. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like he actually saw fangs or anything like that. It was just the trail of blood. And she didn't look like she was against it, because at least in um, Fright Night 1, when that was happening, those blood-curling screams, you know, there was... It showed like, no, she's, there is no consent here for this. But here in this movie, it's like, they seem, hey. They're just having a kinky fun time. Whatever. You do you. Exactly. So, you know, but Charlie, the prude that he is, thinks this is weird. So. Well, he also calls Ed to come see. He needs to come see all of this right now. Part of it feels like, because he was calling Ed before he saw the blood. So it feels like he was just being a pervert and being like, share with me in this perverted fantasy. That's the way I took it. You're like, oh, Ed, you need to come see this. And then once he sees the blood, he's a bit more urgent, like, Ed, come now. Ah." But then once Ed comes, he looks outside the window and he's like, ooh, fascinating stonework on that building because there's no one in the window anymore. Also, I couldn't, I didn't care enough to pause it and look at the stonework, (laughs) to be honest. But it looked like some sort of religious scene that was like sketched into the stones. Might have been because I think that was supposed to be like a castle. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I thought it was an apartment building based on fun facts. It was called an apartment, but it looks like an apartment building from the outside. But once, whenever you're inside, it looks like a castle. Again, one of those insane apartments that's just a maze of these cathedral rooms. <laughs> because the inside doesn't match the outside yeah. at all. Because so I'm like, where is this? Where would this be in that building? In this weird hall where like you have a big pool of blood. What? what this? Hmm, okay. <sighs> So Raj and I have been watching Lucifer. We just started um, and we're on season two now, but we had just finished uh, season one. And in season one, there's one episode where there is like a satanic ritual that's done. And so this guy that like owns the house is it's like completely oblivious that behind a bookcase, they've built this staircase to the attic. And he was like, I have an attic. <laughs> like, just completely doesn't know that he has an attic. And it's like, I'm sorry, if you were outside the house and looking because the attic has windows. Like, would you not be like, hmm, I've never been in the room that has those windows. I must have an attic. <laughs> or maybe that's just my bedroom window. Hmm, I guess, maybe. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They they need, um, what's his name from Truth Seekers? Uh, Elton John. <laughs> yes, Elton John. I should know this. Yes. I'm like, he's a, he's a famous man. <laughs> yeah. He needs Elton John, who used to work for that architect, so that he can tell you that there should be a room here. Yeah. So Ed's like, it's stonework. Why are you calling me to look at it? Like, I have, I have things to do um, to be creepy somewhere else. Maybe not. Exactly. I, I was jerking off to Fangoria in the bathroom. Why, why are you bothering me? And I'm going to go to Amy's room in a minute to try to mark on your ex-girlfriend. There's then a knock at their door and it's their chaperone for the trip. He tells them that they need to come down to the lobby. Their first class is tonight. Which is weird. Yeah, it is. And I, I just have questions about the chaperone later as well. But anyways... Ed asked Charlie if he wants to know what he's watching on his tablet. And Charlie guesses that it's Ed's mom's sex tape, which knowing what we know about Ed, I would say fair. (laughs) Fair guess. 
And at this point, uh, Ed's just been talking about how he's going to fuck your ex-girlfriend, so it's only fair for him to be like, ha-ha, you're watching your mom. Ed then says that he's watching an old episode of Fright Night in honor of Peter Vincent, who, according to Twitter, is also in Romania and filming a new episode. We then cut to the intro of Fright Night, which looks like your typical Ghost Hunters type show. It's all this, uh, what do you call that? Night vision camera footage? And screaming into the darkness. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you know that the ghost hunters came to the building that I give tours at? <laughs> in Ooh, did they, find they did. They filmed a door closing on its own. They also got knocking on a glass pane. So was the door closing over like 36 hours or something? No, Just- it slammed shut mm-hmm. and then like locked. Okay. okay. That happens a lot at this building. But yeah, you can find it on YouTube, Fort Henry, Ghost Hunters. Look it up. So Peter Vincent <laughs> is saying that he's alone inside Ponari Castle, and it's home to Vlad the Impaler, aka Dracula. He's looking for the never found grave of Vlad the Impaler, and then there's a noise off camera. He goes and he like turns the camera to look. There's nothing there. Then Peter Vincent says that legend has it that a vampire still haunts the halls of this castle. Dun, dun, dun. He starts running down a corridor saying there's something in there with him. It just took off. He turns on the light on his camera and he turns around and catches one of his crew members in the shot. And then he flips absolute shit at them. Yeah. Oh, that poor PA just is having a bad day. Yeah. He's like, is it so fucking hard? There's only one camera. Why can't you avoid the one camera? And he has a point, but still. Uh, he's the only good thing in this movie, I feel. I like Jerry also, but yes. he is definitely... And I feel like Peter Vincent should have been in the movie more. Like, he's not in it that much. Agreed. Any part that he's in it, he takes over the scene and he's amazing. So that's why I say he's the best part. Whereas Jerry is just like, you play an effective jam- vampire, vampire. What is wrong with me today? <laughs> you hate the movie so much, you can't even pronounce words. Just so. I just want to know movie. what a vampire is. <laughs> It's Jerry the Vampire. Come on. I was just picturing someone that like exclusively lives off of jam. Anyways. See, that would get me to watch what we do in the Shadow Season 3. There's a vampire. You know, there's regular vampires and there's energy vampires and then there's emotional vampires and there's jam vampires. Like, ooh, a jam vampire? That's interesting. (laughs) Oh, man. They just eat jam and jam out all the time. They go to jam sessions and take everybody's energy, maybe? Just like, they take over the jam session every time they just show up. Oh, no. They just guitar solo for way too fucking long. Yeah, that's and that's and everybody just passes out next to them because they're all drained at that point. Like, oh, no, I can't. This, good, this guitar session is so epic. I can't go on. I need to call Taika Waititi. Hold on. I need to write this down. If I don't see this in season four, I will not continue the series. I wasn't going I'm to seeing- anyways because I'm Jeff and I hate <laughs> I know how to make your show actually good now. Listen, this is what we need. Oh, no. Okay. We then cut to the lecture hall. Charlie is telling Ed what he saw in the window, and Ed says that he didn't see anything. Charlie is staring at Amy, and she looks uncomfortable. Then the lecture lights go off in the hall, and a full-on light show with, like, music starts. It's like the best class ever. Right? But as a theater kid who had to take sound class and lighting class and whatever, for these cues that are happening, she would have to have a team. <laughs> this this does not just happen in the lecture hall without people helping her accomplish this. 
Come on, she has TAs for her midnight class. She has Frenchie and... Who are trained in lighting and sound design. Yeah, because when she bites them, she 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 implants that knowledge into them, you know, about lighting and time cues and whatever, and smoke machines, whatever else that she had working on. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely insane and ridiculous. But anyways, that's what's happening. The door opens to show the brunette w- woman that had been in the window previously, and she comes in. She introduces herself as Jerry Dandridge. She is the professor for this class uh, about European art. And then her and Charlie kind of stare at each other for a while. Then we cut to Ed's castle tour. The guide is saying that Bram Stoker based Dracula on a woman and Vlad the Impaler. There's no accounts of Vlad drinking blood, but Dracula does, and he appears younger for doing so. So then Ed says that the woman that Dracula was based on is Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah. And the guide says, a.k.a. Countess Dracula. Charlie then decides to split from the group. He says he's going to go find a bathroom. And the guide continues on that Elizabeth Bathory buried her victims, who were mostly adolescent peasant versions, in graveyards and other unknown locations. His speech gets cut off as we watch Charlie wandering around the castle alone. And then he hears this moaning and follows it. He finds Professor Jerry uh, giving some guy head in one of the corridors. She then stands up to make out with him and turns and looks at Charlie and calls his name as her eyes change to black. And I have to say, considering most of it's BS, but they got a lot of the Bathory stuff pretty on point with what she did. She's an actual historical figure, you know, that besides the vampire part, she was actually... You did the whole Virgis thing. The only difference was, you know about this? I'm assuming you did. What's her name actually? Elizabeth Bathory? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's a countess in Hungary. What she would do is she would get virgins from every small town around where she lived. Basically, come to my house and I'll basically train you up to make you a like a lady of the court or whatever. That was that was her cell. But what she was actually doing is for her to stay young, she was like chopping them up and bathing in their blood. Yeah, I, I know about that whole story. I just didn't realize that it was the same name. I didn't research it. Yeah, so they actually they got a lot of a lot of the historical points as close to right as they were gonna get in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I give them credit for that. Did Bram Stoker actually base Dracula off of her? But I think she might she might have been in the pot, like because you know he took some from column A, some from some from column B. Fair enough. You know, but yeah, so they got so that's that's one of the things I like about this movie. They say hey, they took this historical person that did these crazy ass things which she was found out and since she was somebody famous well not famous somebody royalty she just she gets basically locked in a tower for the rest of her life she doesn't get killed or anything she doesn't get punished in no in any sense that wouldn't that would be correct or right because it was like it's like hundreds of girls it was to the point where there were like no young girls in any of the towns because she was just like picking them dry i must bathe in your blood so that i stay young yet i keep aging (laughs) Yeah, but I, that just means I need more blood. Yeah. So, yeah. So. I feel her. Yeah. <laughs> just need more. That's As it. I slather myself with more and more cream. <laughs> they didn't have the cream back then, so the blood. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay, so Charlie ducks to hide, and then when he looks back, the dude and Jerry are gone. So then he runs to the spot that they're in, and then he runs past it, and he's looking for them in different corridors. And as he's looking down a staircase, Ed grabs his shoulder for another cheap jump scare. Oh, Ed. Oh, Ed. And doesn't he talk again about, like, hey, I'm a, she's free and clear. I remember he says, like, 
five times in this movie. Uh, right now, he's just saying that the tour is over and they have to go. Okay. So then we cut to the bedside clock and it's ticking away the hours in a sped up motion. And then we see Charlie's head hit the pillow right as the sun rises. And then their male chaperone just walks straight into their room without knocking and tells them that they have to be in the lobby in 30 minutes because their first class is at 8 a.m. But this is not a midnight class, apparently. Yeah. I don't know if it was midnight. I think it was like at dusk. Still was like a late class. And then Evil's on his midnight vampire tour. Yeah. And now he has an 8 a.m. class. I don't know how. And then this might, I think this is the last class they go to. The one that they go to right now. I think so. Or do they go to one more after this? This might be the last one. Yeah, because this movie, for a bad movie, it moves. Yeah. It's like rushing to finish. I, I don't know. As I was writing my notes, I was constantly, because, you know, I pause all the time to write my note, and then I looked at mm. how much time I had left, and I'm like, how can there be this much more? Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to me, I thought the movie was rushing. It, you know, once it gets going, it gets going. It just probably so near you, but still. I'm sure it would be less torturous if I didn't have to keep on pausing or like rewinding to be like, wait, what exactly happened there? That's why because it's the rewinding part and the pausing. Yeah, it makes it that much worse. Because <laughs> me, when I get bored, I'm like, hey, what's going on in Twitter? Like, that's-, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I have to have my full fucking attention there. And if I don't have it for a second, then I'm like, Ugh, okay, I have to rewind. And then even when I finished the movie, I was like, ooh, this thing that I didn't think was important came back. So let me go back to that scene and get the details of that and write that down. And this makes the hate for the movie grow. Yeah. grow and like just grows and grows. Over. I think it was before we started recording I was telling you about how I was watching this movie and just constantly while I was watching I'm like I fucking hate this movie this movie is so fucking bad I hate it so much and I'm texting Jeff as much but then Raj would like come by as he was doing his chores and like kind of look in on me as I was watching it and I would just turn to him and give him what he calls devil eyes <laughs> and be like I fucking, I fucking hate this movie it's so bad I hate it so much and he's like please stop you're scaring me <laughs> like, like, um, I'll be in the other room um you know if you need anything don't Uh, but anyways okay back to this terrible fucking (laughs) ed oh yeah my note is quickly that ed has like an eye mask for him sleeping and his eye mask has eyeballs on it that are bleeding (laughs) i did appreciate that at least it's on brand for him. I'll give him that. Yeah. We then cut to nighttime and they're in Jerry's class. She's waxing poetic about Van Gogh. And I don't know if what she says actually corresponds with the actual art history, but I don't know. It sounded like a whole bunch of bullshit to me. I have no idea. It just sounded like absolute BS, but I didn't write down what it was. So whatever. So Charlie and Amy are making eyes at each other. And then Jerry sniffs Amy and Charlie flips the fuck out at her. She then turns to him saying, yes, Mr. Brewster. Charlie notices all the other students are frozen and in a trance, except for Amy. Jerry laughs and asks, like what you saw last night, Charlie? And then throws back Amy's head and slices her throat with her fingernail. Charlie screams. And then we cut back to Amy looking concerned in the now brightly lit lecture hall. Because before it was all in darkness. And we find out that Charlie was apparently like sleeping in the lecture and having a nightmare. 
So all his classmates are now laughing at him, including Jerry. And she asks, are we keeping you from your beauty sleep, Mr. Brewster? I am like, how does she know his name specifically? It looks like there are 75 plus students in this lecture hall. And this is their second day of classes. It's not realistic that she would know him. Not like she is here, but maybe she made a point to know who this kid is because of the show she was giving him the other night. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I understand that movie wise, but like beyond that, I don't know why everyone else is not like, how do you know Charlie over there? You guys friends? You guys pals? You guys share history or something? Yeah. Well, it's happening. No one finds it odd that she knows him by name, but I find yeah. it odd. This is a big lecture hall. It's like one, like, I remember how I would have college classes in this kind of lecture hall. It wasn't, this didn't seem like a high school thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely a college class. I don't know. Maybe I went to a small university, but our classes, I feel like, did not have this many people, even when it was a giant lecture hall. No, nah, I took a law class with like 400 people. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, our lecturers would be 50 people, I would say. Maybe not 400, but it was like. Maybe like three, though. There's a bun. That room was huge. University had previously been a college, so our lecture halls weren't that large. So maybe that's why. That was a cool class, though. There are very few cool classes I took. There was one that I really loved. It was a pop culture class. Our teacher, I can't even remember his name, but his example for everything was always about Wolf Mother, the band. <laughs> so he's like, wow. Yeah, he's like, okay, so like you and your boyfriend, you you love each other so much. You love each other so much that you have your own song. It's this song by Wolf Mother. And then like another example would be like, okay, so your parents, they're like watching the news. On the news, there's this breaking story about uh, a shooting at a concert. The concert was Wolf Mother, like all the time, Wolf Mother. <laughs> like, okay, I know right. who your favorite band is. <laughs> right. They have a fan. They have a very dedicated fan. Yeah. He was good. And then I had this other uh, professor that I do remember, Professor Paul Chafe, and he was he was like a stand-up comedy set every set, uh, every uh, class. He was so fucking funny. He was from Newfoundland, so like a newfie, and he was so funny. And I just always remember this one story of him, and I might have told you it before, but he was on a plane, and it was right after he got his doctorate and he was so excited about it that he like checked down doctor on the form that you have to fill out and then someone had a heart attack on the plane and they're like excuse me dr chafe can you please come <laughs> can you please come and resuscitate this man he's like um not that kind of doctor i can uh you know recite a silky for him if that would help but <laughs> otherwise i'm of no help it's a phd and an md yeah <laughs> Oh, but anyways, unrealistic that she knows his name, but let's move on. Jerry says, you didn't answer my question to Charlie. And Charlie says, excuse me. She caresses his face and pushes back his hair seductively and whispers, I know you liked what you saw. Then immediately goes back to the lecture on Van Gogh. And again, I question why no one in this class is like, why is the teacher caressing the student? Maybe something, maybe like, oh, we know he's going to get a good grade. And that's it. They leave it at that. Ah, this is how you do things in Romania. <laughs> this is what happens when you go overseas to study for a summer, a semester, or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. They're, I'm confused over why they're in Romania. Absolutely. It's never explained. <laughs> <laughs> so they show up, they have two classes, vampires attack, they go home. And <laughs> that's it. That's the movie. I, they apparently needed to go to Europe to find out about European art. And they can only have lectures at night. 
and no one sees a problem with that. No one, no one sees that as weird. It's just, hey, you know, the European in their ways, you know, they just don't have lectures during the day because they're too busy eating cheese and drinking wine. Oh, man. Okay. So after class, Amy asks Charlie if everything is okay. And he gives her these wilted roses that he takes out of his backpack. And she says that's nice of him. They're her favorite flowers. But again, she doesn't take them and she walks away. Like, Charlie, get to him, buddy. Yeah. Stop buying her shit. She has moved on. Ed takes uh, the flowers from Charlie and he taunts Charlie with them. As you do. As you do. As as Ed does. <laughs> Ed, the stand-up guy that he is. So I think in any moment of your life, when you're not sure what to do, you should ask yourself two different questions. What would Jesus do? do? And what would Ed do? (laughs) Figure out which person you are. Or just do, what would Ed do? And then do the opposite. (laughs) There you go. If you don't believe in Jesus, just ask yourself, what would Ed do? And do the exact opposite. So Charlie is freaking out. And he asks Ed, isn't there something weird about Jerry? Ed agrees. There is. She's smoking fucking hot. That's weird. He's not wrong. She is attractive. She is an attractive woman, which I don't think is weird. I've, I had many in an attractive professor in university and college. Not that odd. It's been such a long time. I don't remember. <laughs> we then cut to the hotel and cops are there. The hotel clerk says that somebody went missing and it's blowjob dude. We find out via the cop showing around his picture. Oh, that's, yeah. that's when we see him again. And they only check right. him again. So Charlie finds a note once he gets into his hotel room from Ed and it says snuck out to the I can't pronounce it castle. That's what we're going to call it. Okay. <laughs> it's H-B-N-Y-A-D. Y-M-C-A. I'm right down. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Okay. So, YMCA Castle. He snuck out. He writes, don't do anything I wouldn't. Fuck face. Dash evil. Charlie sees Jerry open her window and she's checking out the cops. Then once most of them leave, she jumps down to the street carrying a human-shaped garbage bag. Then she loads it into her car and she drives off. This is where they should learn from part two and just turn everybody. Wait, what? I mean, it's what you should learn from the remake and turn everybody in that part. Ah, got you, got you. So she does not bury her victims and turn them into vampires, sadly. See, her brother, Jerry with a J in America, that's what he was doing. Yes. I, is he her brother or is he in this, like, her inspiration? I think in this remake, it's her inspiration. I wanted to be her brother. Come on, it'd be cool that she, I could see, I could see her being related to Colin Farrell. How old is Jerry Dandridge in t- the 2011 version, though? I feel like she's older. See, but they're vampires, so it doesn't matter. Okay, fine. I guess. Then they would have to be sired <laughs> by the same person and Dracula died, according to this lore. No, but according to this lore, uh, there was no Dracula. She was apparently always been Dracula. No, okay, so I just called him Dracula because I don't know his name. But a vampire bit her, but then was burnt by the sun and died. And then she continued. That's why he didn't finish her, and that's why she ended up just turned. That's what it was? Yeah. Um, So, therefore, her sire cannot sire anymore after her. Therefore, she can't have a sibling, but she could have a child. So maybe she converted Jerry and sent him off to America? And then was just like, I really like the name you came up with. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know what? I like your name so much. I'm going to take it. Didn't she, oh, didn't she say she left and then came back? Maybe she went to America? No, it says that you traveled to other lands. But I I have fun facts about that, which was just me like being like, when were blimp accidents? We'll get there. <laughs> it's not America. Um, but it, There was one in America. There was one in America. That's why I had to look up blimp accidents, because that's the only one that I know of. Because Hindenburg <laughs> yeah. is very famous, but yeah. other ones one. are not. But I found out there were many others. Um, 
Fun facts. We we paused for a moment, and while we paused, I I can just hear Raj playing with Fen, my cat, yeah. and her doing like the flip thing that I showed you. <laughs> Come on, she's pregnant for the Olympics. Come on, it's this summer. She has she has to get the flip right. Yeah, I I think that that's what's happening. So we made her like a little cat toy with like a tassel and a wand, and we mm-hmm. flip it back and forth, and she gets so excited about it that she like jumps high into the air and does a flip while she tries to catch it. It's very amusing. Friends, if you would like to see the video, I have one. So let me know. I'll post it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, back to Jerry and Jerry Dandridge. We have found out that Ed has snuck out. And then, oh, sorry, no. We're at the point where Jerry has driven off with the body. My apologies. So Charlie then chases after the detective that's in the street and drive, but he drives off without paying attention to him. Then he goes and tries to get into Jerry's apartment by the front door, but that doesn't work. So then he scales the scaffolding and goes in through the window. Real casual, like. This is bad idea all the way around. This Jerry, this Jerry, this Charlie has the least amount of reason to do what he's doing at this moment. Absolutely. I mean, like, yes, there was a human-shaped bot- like bag that she was moving into her car, which is concerning, but it would just be like, hello, police, I witnessed someone putting a questionable bag into their car. That's all. That's all you need. Because that's what the other Charlie's first move was, was to call the cops, get nothing, and then take matters into their own hands and then become obsessive about it. Exactly. Well, but original Charlie, I guess. This Charlie sucks. <laughs> Everyone except for Jerry and Peter Vincent in this movie suck. <laughs> on the bright side, I guess. Well, on the on a, on another side, I can't even call it the bright side. Evil Ed is supposed to suck. He purposefully he purposefully is a terrible human being. Sure, but the acting is just so fucking terrible in this movie. I don't think I got into this yet. So it started with the French Frenchie. Her acting was so fucking terrible that I wanted to just stop the movie in the first. I, when did I text you? I think it was the first three minutes. You said two. Yeah. <laughs> first two minutes. I just wanted to turn off the movie and I asked Jeff, can we just cover the 2011 one again somehow? Like, just be like, it's Groundhog's Day. We're covering the 2011 version because... I could just have re-released that same episode over again. <laughs> like, I just did not want to continue with this movie because it was so terrible within the first two minutes and it did not get better minus Peter Vincent being amusing. Yeah. So anyways, I hate everyone in this movie. Um, <laughs> moving on okay so he tries to chase the detective but the detective drives off he goes and he scales the scaffolding and goes straight into Jerry's apartment he notices that she has UV filter on her windows and then he starts snooping and finds this I'm going to call it medieval style portrait I'm not sure of the actual era it was made in but medieval style portrait of that's Jerry. fair though medieval seems about right it's a portrait of Jerry then he hears footsteps approaching and so he's panicking at first he can't find a way out and then he hides in an open room and then sees two people a cloaked hag and a young girl in a trance he notices that there's a breeze coming from a bookcase and he opens it to find a secret passageway which life goals to build a bookcase that leads to a secret passageway even if it was just like an extra door to my kitchen <laughs> that is my life goal to have a bookcase that opens as a door that's one of my dreams. The other dream that predates it is since I saw Beauty and the Beast as a child, I have wanted a man to gift me a library. <laughs> Good luck with that one. What if they gift you a library card? <laughs> no, I need a library in my house that has like built-in shelves and a ladder that like you can like 
slide along the bookcases. Raj actually offered to make it for me here, but I was just like, we're planning on moving out of this house in the next few years. So that doesn't make sense. Once we buy like our house that we plan to like stay in for years to come, we'll do that. <laughs> okay. Because right, the best I can do, I can gift you a Barnes & Noble gift card. I, can do that. I, can... I mean, thank you. I much appreciate that. That will help me furnish my library that Raj will build me. So fans, get on it. Patreon, <laughs> we'll set it up. You know, get Jackie a library. Yes, you'll all be my Prince Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll work. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, yeah, so he reveals through this bookcase that there is a hallway of clocks. <laughs> Which I found to be a very bizarre thing. Well, when you need to know the time. You turn to your hallway of clocks. What happens with daylight savings, though? She has to go around and change each one of these clocks. They're all atomic clocks. They change themselves. (laughs) They were ancient clocks. They were like all different types of clocks in this hallway. I don't think all of them could just change on their own. All right. She's a vampire, so she has her shadow person do it. (laughs) She gets Guillermo in. (laughs) Guillermo, change the clocks. And there it is. See, we have some, see, can, there's always something. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I accept that, but only if it's Guillermo. I don't think it's going to be Guillermo. Hey, she's in Europe. She could find another Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, but it's not the Guillermo you would like. No, but like, it's just the fact that you can shout, Guillermo, do this. <laughs> Guillermo, no, vampires only. <laughs> All right. So he walks down this hallway of clocks and it leads to this room that is very opulent. And there is a gold bathtub. And as he approaches the bathtub, he realizes that it is full of blood. The door then opens behind him and he runs off and hides in a coffin. The hag and the girl walk in towards him and the candles and torches light up by themselves as they pass each one. The hag speaks in a foreign language and then the girl kneels and takes off her coat. Bearing her neck, whispering, and there's whispering voices that are surrounding them, all speaking in a foreign language. The girl then runs her hands down her neck and then cups her breasts. And this is where we get a little bit of a soft porn, like soft core porno that happens, which I did not need. <laughs> the hag waves her hand and the girl's shirt unbuttons and then comes off. The girl moans and she writhes as she's touching herself, and the hag then splits open her neck with a nail and starts bearing her fangs. Charlie watches from the coffin terrified. The hag hangs the girl naked and lets her bleed out into the tub. She then disrobes herself and climbs in, submerging herself completely. And when she reemerges, she is now hot-ass Jerry. And she has black eyes. This whole scene just was gratuitous to me. I can't even say anything. I was like, yeah, it was... It, it didn't need to be as long as it was. It didn't need to go the way it went, but... Like, the just, like, naked woman touching herself and moaning. Like, I just... It seemed like a softcore porn. I did find it interesting. Or I did like something that they did in the scene. Which, like, she wasn't... Being, like, she was reacting to the shadow touching her, I guess. So that I liked. They tried to class it up a little bit. Not saying they succeeded, but... I didn't realize that it was the shadow. I just thought that she, like, waved her hand and then things happened because she was magic. No, it was the shadow. Like, the shadow was on her body and they, that's when she was, like, reacting to the touch of the shadow from the wall. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I don't know. She was also, like, touching herself. I don't know. It was, yeah, because she was getting turned on by the shadow feeling her up. So it was just... I, I missed this whole shadow bit because I was just too, like, annoyed at what was happening. <laughs> so I like that. Other than that. So, well, that's pretty interesting. Okay, so Peter Pan's shadow was feeling her up. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. So, yeah. Hot ass Jerry. She comes out of the tub. She has black eyes and the blood is all over her. She looks like Carrie. And then the blood soaks into her skin. And she's normal again. Charlie uh, tries to record her, but his camera doesn't pick her up on the film. Jerry then opens the coffin and she tells Charlie uh, she's glad he came. She thought there was something special about him. She just doesn't know what it is yet. And she can't wait to find out. Uh, spoiler warning, nothing. Nothing special about Charlie at all. What, what is special is that y- you love a special person. This never comes back around in any way, shape, form, or fashion. There's nothing special about him. No. Nothing. Exactly. He then takes a picture of her with his flash on, which distracts her. Question, question, question mark. And he runs away. So why he took the picture is a... F- uh, I got nothing. I... I figured because of the flash, he was like, I shall flash this in your eyes and it will take you by surprise and I'll be able to escape your entire apartment within a second. Like, you really think it's going to distract her that long? Or maybe the flash would make it so she would show up in the camera because I'm an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, the lighting just wasn't right. That's why she didn't show up. That's why. That's why I just saw like clothes hanging in the the hall. Nobody in them. Oh, man. Have you, I forget who tweeted it, but like someone was just like, Martha Stewart needs to stop taking pictures of her food with the flash. It, her food looks like a hostage. Like it's just, it's terrifying. If you don't let me know, click, click. All right. I think it was Eliza uh, Scherzinger, Scherzlinger. I forget her name. Uh, The Pussycat Doll? No, um, she's a comedian. She, her... Oh, okay. I, I get the name confused because the name is similar. Yeah, to me yeah, yeah. I see it right Nicole Scherzinger or whatever, and then yeah, mm-hmm. Eliza. Yeah, but she's the stand-up comedian. Her first one was War Paint, and like her main call to fame is the goat noise that she makes. She was here in Orlando like last weekend. <laughs> she's great. I fucking love her. Uh, I find all her stuff really hilarious, and I really love the goat noise. And I have incorporated that into my life when I'm trying to mock stupid people. <laughs> Just like, Becky, Becky. <laughs> I can't hear that without thinking of a, an old Saturday Night Live thing with a Jim Brewer. He used to be like Goat Boy or whatever. <laughs> so it's just like that's... A, never been into SNL. B, probably before my time. <laughs> yeah, I think you you, you were, might not even have been alive when this was a thing. But... <laughs> oh. I remember it. Okay, back to the shitty-ass movie. <laughs> <laughs> So he takes a picture to distract her and then he runs away and she lets him. We then cut to Charlie. He's now outside on the street within seconds. I don't know how Jerry's watching him from window. Uh, And he apparently is calling the inspector directly and saying it's Charlie because, you know, even though they never met, they're on a first name basis. And he also Charlie has also gained his personal line. And he's been in Romania a day and a half. Yeah, exactly. And we have never seen them talk before, but he has a number. He has a number and they're on a first name basis that he can be like, it's me, Charlie. And he's like, ah, yes, Charlie, I know you. My my great friend from Tuesday, Charlie. Yes. yes. So. No, it's the same day because he just like the inspector was just at the hotel showing a picture of blowjob guy. And then he immediately broke into Jerry's apartment and then Jerry found him. And then he goes out into the street and calls the inspector. Does the inspector hang up on him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, he does. Because Charlie tells him he knows what happened to blowjob guy. It was a vampire. And the inspector immediately hangs up on him. And then Charlie's shocked about it. <laughs> Damn it. Why did he hang up on me? Yeah, he's like, he hung up on me. Oh, my God. He, like, actually screams this. And Jerry's watching him the whole time. And she's just like, 
<laughs> That's what you get, Charlie. Yeah. And then he runs over to his hotel. We then cut to Charlie knocking on Amy's door. She opens it and he pushes his way into the room only to find that Jerry is already there. He asks how she got in there, and she says Amy was kind enough to invite her in. Charlie looks all pissed off. Apparently, Jerry is asking Amy if she has any family in the area, but Amy doesn't think so. Charlie is being like the smooth guy that he is, and he's like, Amy, remember that thing we have to get to? And Amy's like, what? What thing? There's no thing. I love it because he's saying this stuff, but when you do that, the other person is supposed to know what the hell you're talking about for this to work. Yeah, and like occasionally this can work if you have a best friend because like you're just on that wavelength of if i'm saying this thing that does not make sense to you you're just gonna have to go and yes and my bit because there's a reason yeah but not the ex-girlfriend that's trying that's that's over you yeah exactly so it doesn't work like what thing and jerry's like yes charlie what thing the party remember the party yeah exactly and jerry's like party and jerry's like i love fucking parties and he's like well too bad you're not invited <laughs> You can't go. And he tries to drag Amy off, but she resists. And so Charlie then immediately screams, she's a vampire. (laughs) And my note here is just face meat palm. (laughs) Charlie, no chill. No cool. No nothing. This is oh vampire. This didn't work. (laughs) Plan B. The party didn't work. Okay. Vampire. I love it. I kind of love. I kind of love that. That was his plan. Be like, all right. First time I act like we're gonna do something. Like we had plans. We didn't have plans. But all right, there's a party. It's a phantom party that you don't have to go to. No, that didn't work. All right, um, vampire. That's gonna work, right? That's that's. So this is a very like probably not gonna happen scenario. But when we finally hang out, Jeff, if we yeah. come upon a person that I don't like, I'm just gonna turn to you and yell, "Vampire!" And you need to understand what that means. <laughs> we're gonna run. Like ah, Guillermo. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Um, So Amy obviously doesn't believe him. And (laughs) so then he grabs the Bible from the nightstand and starts brandishing at Jerry. And Amy's like so embarrassed. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And Jerry says, it's fine. It's fine. And she takes the Bible from Charlie with no issue at all. And she quips that she should better go because the sun is coming up and she has to get back to her coffin. Amy is apologizing more. And Jerry says that it's been a long night and the cops probably have people on edge. And she hands Charlie back the Bible. She tells him to be careful because Romania is a dangerous place. She then waves goodbye to him, showing that the cross from the Bible has been burnt into her hand, but only Charlie sees this. And then she leaves. Amy's pissed off at Charlie and tells him to move on and to go. Charlie goes back to his room and he looks out his window at Jerry's, then starts researching the Countess Elizabeth Bathory, a.k.a. the Blood Countess or the Countess Dracula. Don't know why he's doing this. Oh, well, I guess I do know why, but I don't know. This doesn't seem like the leap from one to the other doesn't from A to B doesn't seem to make sense to me. It, yeah, it's quite the leap. Like, so I did miss like a slight note where he finds um, a pamphlet from the tour that they took the night before. And from that, it's just like, ah, I must research this specific person. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. That's, yeah, it's just the jump. The jump is zero sense. Yeah, but there's a lot of things in this movie that make zero sense, but whatever. Um, so as he researches, he finds out that she is one of the earliest human beings rumored to be a vampire. And my note is way before Jared Leto or Keanu Reeves. She's the original. <laughs> Uh, we then cut to Jerry and she's in her coffin and she opens up her eyes and then we transition to see her face and the painting of her. And then it turns out that that's the painting of the Countess. 
Elizabeth Bathory, not of Jerry. Oh, oh no. Dun, dun, dun. Charlie gasps, and then he hears a noise behind him. He calls for Ed, and then there's another stupid, cheap Ed jump scare where he's wearing like a mask now and jumps out at Charlie. Kill me, please. I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're, we're about halfway, right? You would think so, but we aren't. <laughs> We're close to the halfway point, I think. You would think so, but we like I feel like at this point we're at 30 minutes into the movie and halfway point would be 45, so we're another 15 minutes to the halfway point. I'm trying to think of the stuff we have left to talk about and it doesn't seem like it's that much. That's what I mean. This movie drags so much and their final scene final battle scene drags so much like so at that point i was like there's 20 minutes left of this movie but somehow it felt like an eternity (laughs) the battle scene i give you that last fight is like the last 15 minutes of this movie it's just oh my god why can't it be done yet please i i have this debate with myself whenever i really don't like the movie and i'm going through it how much time is spent on credits? I And I pray to myself as I get like 20 minutes in, like, they spent 15 minutes on credits. It, it's going to be fine. You only have five more minutes, but no, this movie. Not that lucky, no. Just They don't have Lord of the Rings credits in this movie, no. Yeah. Just. Very unfortunate in this case. But anyways, okay, so Ed has a stupid jump scare. Charlie then asks Ed what he'd say if he told him he had a real-life vampire problem on his hands. And Ed says he'd say that he's fucked because... If they were real, humans would be no match. They drink our blood, they can glamour us in an instant, they run three times faster than us, and they're immortal. Charlie asks him, okay, after all that, what would you say? And Ed says, who is he? Charlie says, not he, she, maybe the queen of all, Jerry Dandridge, aka Elizabeth Bathory. And he shows Ed the painting picture on Wikipedia of Elizabeth Bathory. That is Jerry. Ed then freaks out, saying that she is the ultimate she-bitch, which reminded me of Drop Dead Fred with, It's the mega-bitch! I saw that movie and remembered zero about that movie. I remember practically zero about that movie. I remember that I watched it as a child. And thus I found them saying mega bitch quite humorous because it was inappropriate language. But as I have found out as an adult, apparently it's a very fucking dark movie. And I don't know why I got to see it as a child. I saw it as a child also because I was a child when it was released and didn't like I remember, just remember not liking it. Uh, the only thing I liked about it was calling the mom the mega bitch. And I'm like, ha ha ha, that's funny. Yes, so we were at the she-bitch. Ed refers Charlie to copies of a magazine called Vampire's Crypt, The and there's a Vampires in History section. He shows him the comic on Elizabeth Bathory, and so we cut to a animated clip of Elizabeth's history. So apparently this is how the director got chosen for this film, is that he pitched to them after reading the script that uh, to save money, we could do this section as a comic book. And they were like, great, you want to save money? We'll throw you at this. <laughs> Anyways, the background. Countess Bathory is being escorted across the country by her royal guard when it all began. There were people being slaughtered outside of her carriage and she was left with no option but to leave her carriage. She saw what happened and all of her men are slaughtered, beheaded, etc. She then sees this red-eyed vamp hulk thing. Like, just 
huge. Yeah, he's massive, and thus why I call him Vamp Hulk, because he has a vampire's head, but he has the Hulk's body, all with the little shorts and everything. He comes out of the fog, and he bites her, but before he can finish like beating on her to the point of killing her, he is burnt by the sun and dies. She is eventually brought back home, and the castle's doctors diagnose her as a vampire. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, the tests have come back. Vampire. Yeah, like that. And they're like, he diagnosed her as a vampire. <laughs> Just sits down the husband and it's like, I'm sorry. Um, It's bad news. We, we got the results. She's a vampire. <laughs> what? Oh, Lord. Okay, so her husband was then desperate to find a cure. And the doctor told him of an ancient pagan legend. Only the blood of a virgin born at the stroke of midnight by the light of a blood moon could save her from damnation. He then decides to set his wife free so that she can hunt in hopes that she should find this virgin. And after hundreds of years, nothing. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I, you can't see me, but I am shaking my head vigorously and being like, what the fuck is this shit? Um. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, as much as I like... Like, I, like I've been saying since you saw this movie, I'm like, the movie's not good. I'm not going to say it is. But man, I got like, I love how they swing for defenses with all this BS. And I just, it's like, they just overdid the lore on this movie for no reason whatsoever. Like, they didn't need all this. Yeah. Just, she is a vampire. That's good enough. The rest of it is just, and even at art, she needs to find a special blood type. <laughs> For whatever reason, which I've seen in other movies. She has to be an O negative, but born on the right moon and at this time. <laughs> and even they're real vague as to what it's going to do, because even the characters are confused. Yeah. Because long story short, we'll get there, but story, we're kind of there now. You think she's going to get that to not be a vampire, but then Amy ends up being this person that was born in the blood moon. And all that is, is makes her not go to hell. But still be a vampire? Yeah. And like impervious to sun. And she can, she becomes Blade the Daywalker? I have so many questions when it comes to that reveal too. But anyways. Because Charles like, ha ha, you're cured. And she's like, what are you talking about? I ain't cured. I don't want to be cured. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. But anyways. You know, you know what the sad part is? I, I have zero answers to any of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that's the thing. This movie doesn't really give you answers. And that's the, as I was writing my notes, I'm like, I wonder what Jeff's explanations are going to be. We'll find out because I, I don't have them yet. But yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so decades pass and there's no cure for her. And then she moved on to new lands is what they say. And they show this blimp like crashing and exploding, which immediately made me go Hindenburg. She goes to America and then she goes back to Europe. I'm confused. No, no, no. So I googled quickly blimp uh, accidents and I found out that there was the German LZ-86 blimp that crashed in Romania on September 4th, 1916. Oh, okay. Yes. So there was another blimp. So I'm assuming this is the blimp that she was in. Yeah, she's there in Romania, so it makes sense. Yeah. So uh, she doubted that she would ever find the right virgin and I'm like, don't we all? Don't we all doubt that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but unbeknownst to her, the countess... Um, oh, sorry. Unbeknownst to the countess, the country of her origin was pulling her back because her sire was Vlad the Impaler and he was from Romania. So this is the country of her origin. 
So Elizabeth, so I guess they're kind of alluding to the fact that her being on the blimp is what made the blimp crash. Or maybe she made it crash so that she would end up in Romania. But unbeknownst to her, the countess, the country of her origin was pulling her back. So unbeknownst to her. So therefore, it was just her presence on this blimp that made it crash in Romania. Yeah, you know what? Sure. Let's go. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Elizabeth returned to the modern embrace of her ancient homeland. That's the end of the comic. And Charlie asks, what if they've actually found her? And Ed shows him a clip of Fright Night on vampires and says, take me to your leader. Charlie argues that Peter Vincent is just a TV host. And Ed argues he knows his shit and he's in town. We then cut to a strip club. Peter Vincent is drunk and at the bar, and Charlie and Ed approach him saying that his producer told them where they could find him. Terrible producer. But maybe they fucking hate him since he flips his shit at people for no reason. So they're like, yeah, kids, go annoy him. Make my fucking day. Yeah, go kids. Um, you're, you're, you'll, they'll let you into the strip club. That's fine. Just I think they're college age. So if you're 18 plus in Europe, you can most likely get into a strip club because the drinking age is 18. Why in my head I'm thinking they're like under 18? Because in every other movie they have been. Well, actually, no. In Fright Night 2, they were technically college age just while there. But that was a sequel to the first one. So it kind of makes sense for them to be aged up. But this one, is, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it makes sense for them to be studying abroad for a semester or something mm. in Romania. Very popular place to study abroad, but you know, hey. What I find weird about it is that they all have the same class. <laughs> it's like they went to Romania to take this class. Yes, that's what it seems like, but that's quite odd and not usually what happens. <laughs> So they say that the producer told them where to find him. Peter Vincent says that because they're like, oh, we needed your help. And he's like, monsters aren't real. That's what I have to tell you. Ed then offers to pay him for an assessment. And Peter Vincent asks for two grand to do this assessment. Ed says that's a deal. And Charlie is very unconvinced by this whole situation. And I'm there the whole time like, where does evil have two grand to just throw around like this and then double later? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And then also Peter Vincent at the end saying, I just need to make sure that the check cleared. Did did you actually get a check and you can cash it upon someone that's dead? You cash it at the strip club? Maybe the strippers cashed it? I don't know. <laughs> the strippers are actually bankers. and <laughs> that, that's, what the, that's what that building is during the day. It's a bank. Night, strip club, day, bank. It would have been so much better if they had like little, you know, teller visors on and like had to strip those. <laughs> Anyways. They leave the club. They run into Amy. Charlie is telling her story again for what happened last night. Then Amy sees Peter Vincent. And first she's starstruck. Then she's like, wait, he's with you guys? This is clearly about vampires again. What the fuck are you guys doing? I don't want to hear about more vampires. But she's a vampire. You don't understand. Yeah, pretty much. That's Charlie's argument. He starts telling them about Jerry's lair and saying that he saw her feeding on a girl. Meanwhile, Ed is talking at the exact same time as him to Peter Vincent as Charlie's trying to explain all this. Ed is saying they should get her before she feeds and that Peter Vincent can stake her in the heart just like he did on his vampire special. And Peter Vincent then looks at him and is like, oh God, you're a crazy fanboy. Fuck this. I'm out. Peace. 
So as he tries to walk away, Ed is like, no, I'm upping it to three grand. And then he turns around and comes back and it's like, okay, three grand. I thought it was going to come out that later on that evil had none of his money. He was going to say it. That's what I thought, too. But I I don't know. Apparently he wrote a check, but maybe the check bounces. And I don't know when he would have had time to write the check because evil's not in this movie much longer or evil's not evil much longer. Yeah, I guess he wrote it like while they were in the strip club for the three minutes we didn't see them as they as Peter Vincent finished his drink and they left. Because, you know, as, as you do, you, you should take your checkbook to the strip club. So, you know, makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't you? The You know, the workers need to be paid somehow. They do. And, I'm, you know, hey, they're working hard for the money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They take checks. Though. None of the ones I've ever been to have taken checks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never heard of them taking checks, but you never know. It's Romania. Maybe things are different. Yeah, it's, all, it's all new out there. So he comes back. Okay. Amy and Peter Vincent are asking, what if it's true that she is a vampire? What the fuck do they want Peter Vincent to even do? They don't really answer that, but then they all get onto the subway and Jerry is on the subway. Peter Vincent sees her and sees her eyes are black. So he jumps off of the subway immediately. Yeah, he's like, I got to go. This, is, this isn't right. He doesn't say a word to them. He just jumps off and the door's closed and he's like, Bye. The kids then see Jerry and they're scared. Jerry approaches them and she asks if Charlie told them all about her apartment. And Amy says no and Ed says yes. There's only one other person on the train with them and he falls over dead with a bite mark on his neck. And then Jerry goes all vampire on them. And Ed holds up his phone with a picture of a cross on it to repel her. And she just swats it away and knocks him over because it doesn't work like that. Did she say something like, come on, give me a break or something? Something along those lines? Something like that, yeah. Charlie then rips off Amy's ridiculous cross necklace and stabs Jerry through the eye. She's disabled long enough for Charlie and Amy to run past her. Then she grabs Ed by the throat. Ed hits the cross into her eye deeper. Amy then hits the emergency stop and opens up the door in the middle of a tunnel. Ed tells them to go as Jerry recovers and lunges upon him, biting his neck as Charlie tries to run over, but Amy pulls him back and they leave the train. Ed then has an orgasm as she feeds on him. He gets really into it. He gets way too into it. There are many moments in this movie that seem like the director was actually coming from a porn background. <laughs> like, that, but even though this kind of fits the movies, because even in the last one, like whenever Jerry is feeding on someone, they seem to be very into it. That's fair. The 80s one? Yeah the 80s one and, and the 2011 one when, when Jerry starts feeding on um, that Amy he gets all, all all into it she's more in a trance like she just is mouth gaping like uh, as he feeds on her but then when she's a vampire yeah it's all sexual she then says let's see how evil you really are and licks his neck wound healing it instantly she then pulls the cross out of her eye and it heals and then she follows Charlie and Amy down the tunnel we then cut to Charlie and Amy running they see Jerry coming and they head into a set of under underground tunnels (laughs) because they're already underground because they're in the subway but they go further underground into a set of tunnels Amy's screaming that Jerry is coming the entire time in this very fucking annoying scream but also yeah if Jerry didn't know where you are. She fucking does now. (laughs) She heard the hell out of you at this point. And so then Charlie and Amy realize that they're in a maze of tunnels and they're pretty much catacombs, just like under Paris, under a lot of different cities. There's a tunnel system. That's what they've gone into now. And they don't know how to get out. So they just start running. Jerry jumps into the tunnels and then she uses echolocation to search the tunnels. This I found incredible. 
um, that they did it because this is more bat-like than eating apples is. Agreed. And I see why they did it with the showbots because, you know, that's the way to make it look like it. But, man, they come back to this effect way more than they should. They should have just done it the one time, shown it to you, and then just didn't need to lean on it as much as they do from here on out. So, first of all, this scene of echolocation lasts way too long. Yeah. They have this high-pitched noise going along with strobe lights for several minutes. The combination of which actually gave me a migraine. If uh, you are ep- epileptic, please do not watch this film. You will most likely have a seizure. <laughs> it was horrible. There should be a warning on this movie because of that scene. Yeah, I can see why I did it because they wanted to show it sound bouncing. You can't show that, I guess. So they made it with light. I see it. But man, they just really... Whew, too long. Way too long. Way, way, way too long. And then it comes back again. And it's just... I really... I appreciate it, like you said that they were using a element of a bat that actually is realistic and interesting as opposed to fruit bats eat fruit so i'll eat fruit like yes this was better but the execution was not great yeah so this i could blame the director on it because i like the the echolocation idea and then she and oh she, they're in these tunnels she doesn't know where they are they could have done the old school stuff you know just she could sniff and smell them or whatever mm-hmm. but like the echolocation thing you know hey it's a nice it's a cool little touch that i liked i liked in theory to not like in practice well, yeah, the, the execution, like I said, they take big swings. They don't always hit. Like, oh, man, they fouled that one off. They swung. They didn't quite make a hit, but man, they, they, they try. Mm-hmm. So Jerry's searching the tunnels with her echolocation. Amy's screaming so fucking much, and she is so fucking annoying. <laughs> It's funny because I did think about it. I'm like, hey, she's doing this echolocation thing, but she doesn't need to the way Amy's screaming. And her scream is just so high pitched and so, I don't know, it just hit me on a level of such annoyance. (laughs) Just wanted her to stop so badly, which is why I really appreciate when she was a vampire because she wasn't screaming as much. She was was like dead silent the the entire time she was a vampire. Yeah. I I was so happy about, I'm like, thank God she's not talking anymore. Jerry chases after them, and she's super fast. As Ed said, she's three times faster than a human. (laughs) This is where I wrote my note of, I'm going to have a seizure (laughs) from all these flashing lights. But anyways, I guess, yeah, they're in catacombs at this point because we see a series of skulls and they find an exit with a what looks like a beam of sunlight to me. That's what I thought it was. They're like trying to jump to get the exit, but they can't. And then Amy finds boxes. So they stack up the boxes so that they can reach the exit. Charlie gets out, but Amy can't reach. And they're having this whole back and forth while the echolocation is going on. And I'm like, and she's doing the annoying screams. And I'm like, oh, my and Kurt was like, jump, I'll catch you, I'll grab you. She's like, no, I'm scared, I can't do it, or something. Yeah, and he's like, when are you going to trust me again? And she's like, oh, I do trust you. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, you're being chased by a vampire that you now are aware of. Yeah. Um, this is not the time for this. Exactly. So she finally jumps once she sees Jerry in the doorway, and then Jerry lunges at her and scratches her leg before she's able to make it up. They get up, and they're in what looks like a church. And Jerry jumps up with them and... I think it is a church. It looks like a church to me. Um, It's not really explored much, but there's a giant crucifix of Jesus. So 
No, I think that's why Jerry starts like oiling, I guess, when she's there because she's in the church. That's my assumption, because at first I was very convinced this was sunlight that we were seeing. And even when they're in the church, it there's a window that is brightly lit and a beam is coming down from that window, implying it to be sunlight. And Jerry is in the sunlight, quote unquote, and then starts burning. But then she turns around and she sees a giant crucifix and is like, ah, and jumps back down into the tunnels. Based on the next scene, I, it wasn't sunlight, but everything about the scene said it was sunlight. Yeah, right. I just read it as, as oh, she's in a church. I wonder how this is going to go. Oh, like I thought. Cool. Yeah, fair. Jerry jumps back down into the tunnels and then she starts licking the blood from her fingers. Uh, that is Amy's blood that, from the scratch. And she proclaims, she's the one. And then suddenly it's night again is what my next note is because Charlie and Amy run out into the night and they go to find a cab. I was very confused because the previous scene very much implied sunlight. It was God helping them out in that scene. That's what it was. It was, it was God's light shining upon the Holy Grail. Exactly. That's what that was. <laughs> Showing them the way. So they asked the taxi driver to take them to the airport. And I'm just like, yep. wait, do they have their passports on them? They were just running around the city with their passports. Isn't that what you do in a foreign country? Like, just as a student and just have it? Cause... I mean, I can't talk because my passport is my form of ID because I do not drive. <laughs> so I always have my passport on me. But they say that you should put it in the safe in the hotel room. Generally when you're traveling because you don't want to get robbed back to this terrible movie. <laughs> I love whenever we come back to the movie. Back to this piece of shit. Yep. That's all I have to say about it. Fucking hate it. Okay. So yeah, they're asking to go to the airport. Then Amy shows Charlie the scratch on her leg. Charlie says that maybe she needs to go to the hospital. The cab driver is looking at them like they are crazy. Charlie then says that Ed is dead. And then they're going to be next. The cabbie's like, what the fuck is happening here? I, You guys are sketchy as all fuck. But they're going to the airport. I like that they're going to the airport. Screw this. We're just leaving. <laughs> we don't need our luggage. We don't need anything. We're just leaving. We're just leaving the country. That's it. Like, if she wants to chase us, she needs to turn to a bad and come to America because we're, we're out of here on the next flight out. <laughs> oh, man. Her and Eddie Murphy, they can come together. Okay? I'm just done with this. So Amy starts crying and saying that she's so sorry for doubting uh, Charlie. The cabbie is watching them wearily and they are about to kiss. And then the cabbie starts yelling at them in some sort of Slavic language to stop. Uh, while he's turned around, Jerry jumps in front of the cab and they crash, rolling the cab over. Despite not having seatbelts on, Amy and Charlie are perfectly fine with no scratches. <laughs> but the cabbie is apparently dead. <laughs> It was a very safe backseat. It was very cushioned, very protected. Jerry pulls Amy out of the car and Charlie says to take him instead. And she tells him that if she wanted him dead, he would already be dead. And that he should come and meet her at her home tonight, her real home, to find out what she means by that. And then she flies off with Amy, which implies that she somehow can fly, but they don't show us her flying. They just make flying noises. You know, budget and stuff. So I don't know if she can turn into a bat and that bat can carry Amy or if she just sprouts wings or <laughs> I don't know what happens. Would you have liked it if she would have jumped and yelled the word bat? Absolutely. That would have very much improved this movie. The same. You know, if she would have done that, just yelled bat, then just to, to leave no doubt. I would have given it an extra point on my rating at the end of this if that happened. So I might get a one now. Okay. Just. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. But she flies off with Amy and she doesn't say bat and thus I'm annoyed. But anyways. 
<laughs> we cut back to the strip club. Peter Vincent is drinking. Then we he goes off into the bathroom and we get a because in my notes, I don't write Peter Vincent every time because that's way too long. I write PV. So we get a PV POV of P. Great. Okay. <laughs> yes. So it's the shot of him pissing into a urinal. He then hears growling, but he doesn't see anyone. He starts checking all the stalls and then like the toilet's growling and backing up, maybe? I don't know. But then Ed jumps out with another Ed jump scare. Yay. This is vampire Ed jump scare, so it's different. I guess, but it's still dumb. (laughs) Well, I didn't say it was better. I just said different. (laughs) That's fair. Different is not always better. Uh, So he starts beating the shit out of Peter Vincent and then yells at him for not being real, like not actually believing in monsters and starts threatening him. I think he believes in monsters now, though. Yes, but only because he is now face to face with Vampad. He then goes to bite Peter Vincent, but is repelled from him. And then Peter Vincent rips off his shirt to reveal that he has a giant fucking cross tattooed on his chest. And I like this, too. You said it was dumb, but I enjoy this. I don't know why I think. Maybe I like it because it's dumb. But man, did I enjoy the big chest piece cross tattoo was working to repel that part. I don't know, man. It, It was too cheesy for me. It was really just... I, uh, I laughed so hard at this part. Okay, I could see that. If you, if you're finding humor in the moment, I could see that. But I, I was so it. annoyed by this movie at this point that I was just like, really? So come on, he getting... And then the big bear hug he gives him to put him up against the cross on his chest. Come on, I'm laughing now. It's so I, great. I have notes about this. So he presses Ed's head into the cross saying, kiss the cross, bitch. And then we get a cross's eye view of like Ed's head pressed to it and blood all over it. So great. It's so stupid because like it's not like the view is through his chest or anything. No, no, no. There's only it's once again, my my comments about acetate. It's an acetate drawing of the cross that's on Peter Vincent's chest and then Ed's head pressed against just the cross. And blood coming. That was to reference part one, to have like the cross mark on his forehead, like in part one. I guess. So dumb. I fucking hated it. Oh man, I loved it so much. It was so great. So, it was so great in his stupidness. It was oh, so amazing. Like, that, I think it might get an extra point for this, the cross. As long as it doesn't surpass what we do in the shadows, <laughs> we're okay. Um, I'm still not sure what I gave what we do in the shadows. It's going to be difficult. I'm pretty sure it was a four, but I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, th- I think we might be okay then. <laughs> so, Ed's face is all burnt. He runs off and then we cut to Amy screaming some more as Jerry pulls her by her hair down a corridor. She then throws her in front of a giant fountain of blood and glamours her, question mark, because she seems to suddenly stop screaming. So I assume she's glamoured. We then cut to Charlie asking the bartender where Peter Vincent is. And he's just like, this version of Charlie is even worse than the other version of Charlie. And I don't know how it's possible, but it's mainly because he's so fucking whiny and he's pretending to be sobbing all of his lines at this point. And it's just so bad. He can't act. And it's just, you know, my fake sob that I do on this podcast, that is what he's doing in this movie. (laughs) 
the entire time. Yes. So yeah, he's he's crying and asking where Peter Vincent is. All the strip we cut to all the strippers are helping Peter Vincent paste Bible verses all along the walls, like pages of the Bible. Uh, and he's asking for more garlic, which I just I found this very amusing. He has this army of strippers helping him paste Bible verses everywhere. Something else I loved. I loved all the Peter Vincent parts. It was just like yeah, nobody, nobody's dancing tonight. It's all they're all locked in this dressing room. I guess I thought it was the bathroom still. I don't know. Might be the bathroom. Might be a dressing room. I'm not sure. And they're everybody saying, "Hey, we're going to all stick here together till morning, and then we're gone. Yeah, we're going to the airport too. We're, we're out of here." Yes, which I really appreciated and liked. I, for the most part, I like Peter Vincent minus his stupid cross tattoo. <laughs> well, Char- Charlie's crying and screaming for Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent tells the strippers to hold him off. And then he threatens him with this giant metal stake thing and asks if he's one of them. Charlie tells him to take a picture to prove it. Or no, he just takes a picture to prove it, I think. So yeah, he takes a picture and Charlie appears in the picture. So he believes that he's not a vampire. And Charlie's like, what the fuck is that thing that you're threatening me with? And then Peter Vincent explains that it is a stake-o-fix, the weapon that killed Vlad the Impaler. Charlie's like, how'd you get that? And he's like, from the props department. <laughs> Which I appreciated. Good line. Mm-hmm. Peter Vincent then says that he is planning on running as soon as the sun is out. Charlie is sobbing some more and saying that Jerry has taken Amy to her home. Then it's the Cash Cash Tice Castle. I probably pronounced that wrong. Anyways. The um the YMCA. <laughs> no, that was the other one. This one is oh, dang it. This is the Boys and Girls Club. There we go. The the Boys and Girls Club castle. So Peter Vincent says that he wishes that he could help, but he doesn't want to. And Charlie says that he can help. And he's like, but I won't. Charlie then stalks off and Peter Vincent tells him to wait. He wants to tell him of a way he might be able to save Amy as long as she's still alive. And then we cut to Amy. She is in this really great white dress. Like, I actually loved this dress. It's very similar to dresses that I've been looking up recently and wanting to buy. Um, it's just like really nice boho dress that is white with like long flowy sleeves. I liked it. Didn't she ruin it like in the water and the blood? Oh, absolutely. But I I appreciated it beforehand. Uh, So she's standing in front of the blood fountain and she's in a trance. Jerry then emerges from the blood and she smiles at Amy. Then she appears behind Amy and Amy asks her in this trance-like voice what she's doing. And Jerry says that she's preparing her for the ceremony. And then she says that tonight I will bathe in the blood of a virgin herself born on the stroke of midnight by the light of a blood moon. And Amy asks how she knows that she was, a f- and then Jerry guesses a virgin. And she's like, no, that I was born exactly at exactly midnight during a blood moon, which I don't know if I know what phase of the moon the moon was on my birth. But I, and I also forget what time I was born a lot of the time and have to be like, mom, what time was I born? I don't remember. I know it was in the morning. <laughs> No, I have no idea on any of that. I just know I was born on Mother's Day. That's it. So they both go and they get into the blood fountain and Jerry tells her that she can taste in her blood that that's when she was born. Amy then says that after uh, Jerry was drink from her, she would no longer be a vampire. And my question here is, how does Amy know this? Because she was not there for Ed's whole comic spiel. And Charlie did not tell her those details from any of the scenes we saw. She was watching the movie. It's like Spaceballs. Like she was watching the movie. And, um, <laughs> there you go. That That's a Jeff explanation I will take. <laughs> like that one? All right, cool. I like that one. 
Okay, so Jerry says that she'll still be a vampire, but she'll be free to walk in the daylight. Amy asks uh, what Charlie has to do with this. Jerry says, in order for the ceremony to work, the sacrifice's blood must be pure. You yourself must kill that which you love. I don't understand that. So your blood has to be pure, but you also have to kill who you love. How does that make your blood pure? Um, I think it's pure, and then you have to do something that makes it unpure for it to be No, she says, in order for the ceremony to work, the sacrifice blood must be pure. You yourself yeah. must kill that which you love. Yeah. I don't understand. The way I read it is, all right, in order for it to be, the blood has to be pure, which it currently is, and then to finish the process, you need to do the murdering of, which, of that which you love. Okay, fine. It's the way I read it anyway. I I think that it makes no sense, but that's me. Oh, well. Uh, Amy asks, how, uh, who says that I love Charlie? Jerry laughs, and Amy says that she won't hurt him. Jerry says, if you don't, you'll die. You must kill him. And she's like, you can't make me do that. I see four of these movies. Yes, she can. <laughs> every single Amy has turned on every single Charlie in every single one of these movies. So. Yep, exactly. And she says, it's not up to you. And then she bites her. We cut to Charlie. He's rolling up in a van. And I'm like, where the fuck did he get a van? Peter Vincent. <laughs> Except not. <laughs> Peter Vincent's producer. Yeah, the producer really wants to back Charlie. They're like... Or one of the strippers, maybe. Maybe one of the strippers' vans. <laughs> it looked like the van that they arrived in, like, when they first arrived at their hotel. But I don't know how he would get access to that van. There's a, there's a deleted scene where he beat up the chaperone and took the keys. Okay, so then he had to head back to his hotel, beat up the chaperone, take the keys, then drive to the castle. Like, what is happening? A lot. Okay. It's a busy night. It's a busy night for it's a busy night for <sighs> All right, sure. <laughs> Let's just get through this. Okay. So I like that a stripper gave him a van. See, yes. <laughs> I like that one better. Okay. I I'll take that Jeff explanation as well. <laughs> Okay, so he's armed with holy water and garlic and a sleeve steak. Turns out two sleeve steaks, but we only see one at this time. We then get the Peter Vincent voiceover, and he says, According to traditional traditional mythology, if you kill a vampire before sunrise, anyone he or she has bitten that night will return back to their human form. Legend talks about a bathhouse deep in the bowels of the Boys and Girls Club Castle. <laughs> Yeah, the Boys and Girls Club Castle, yes. Bathory can be defeated in that pit at the break of dawn, but you don't want to find yourself down there alone. So really glad that we're coming back to the really stupid mythology of if you kill a vampire on the same day that they turn people, then they turn back. And it has to be by the sun. Did they say sunlight? In yeah, they did. It had to be in the sun. Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be like, if you stake them, it doesn't count. Yeah, so... See, 2011 had the best one. Hey, this magical steak blessed by St. Jerome or whatever. I was really hoping for that. I thought that he was going to give him his steak effects and be like, it's blessed. It's blessed by the, by the steak effects gods. And yes, by the prop department. Yeah, it's blessed by the prop master. <laughs> and it'll convert people back that were bitten by vampires or something. Dear Lord. But okay, so... Charlie is power walking through the castle and then he hears Amy's annoying fucking voice calling out for him. He sees a figure covered in a blanket sitting in a patch of light. He goes to it and reveal it's Vampire Ed with his half burnt face. From the cross, from the guy's chest. That was amazing. Dear God. Okay. Charlie throws something at his face and then after feigning hurt, he laughs 
And he asks, really, garlic? Ed says that Charlie left him. And Charlie says that Ed told him to. Ed's like, I did, didn't I? And then he vamps out some more and then starts fighting Charlie. Ed rips off Charlie's arm stake and throws it, then pins Charlie's arms down. He's going to bite him, and Charlie one-handedly grabs his Evian bottle of holy water. Gotta put it somewhere. Yeah, and unscrews it, and then shoves the bottle into Ed's mouth. And so Ed drinks all the holy water automatically, because that's what you do when a bottle of water goes into your mouth, I guess. I'm thirsty, so I guess I would do that. Yeah, just... Ed's stomach then swells and bursts. Charlie says he's sorry. And Ed says, you're so fucked. Then Jerry grabs Charlie and she looks over at Ed and says, pity, not so evil after all. Ed then dies. Jerry throws Charlie into the blood fountain. She says, happy hunting and goes and closes the doors on him. Charlie then calls for Amy, and he sees bubbles rising from the blood. Then Amy appears behind him. She slowly makes her way to him with this creepy giggle and just like staring blankly at him. And I don't know why, but I found Amy much more attractive when she was vampire and like covered in blood than she was at any other time. Maybe it was because she wasn't talking. Maybe me too. And I'm like, is it because she was quiet and doesn't say pretty much anything from here on out? It might be that, but she was suddenly way more attractive to me. <laughs> he tells her to please stay away and he holds out his other arm with the stake in it. He says he doesn't want to hurt her and she takes his stake and tosses it away and then acts like she's going to kiss him. But then she vamps out and goes to bite his neck and then like flips him over into the blood. There's a whole lot of flipping in the blood that happens. Yeah, this fight lasts from here on out. There's basically we're at the last the last boss battle right now. <laughs> and this is like the last in the next 15 minutes. Of this movie. It's just this, this point is splashing in this pool. Uh-huh. And it's just... <sighs> This part goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, like a journey and on song. And on and on. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Because they're fighting, and then the other, then Jerry shows up, and then they're fighting, and then she, then then she starts fighting Amy again. It's. Uh. Uh-huh. It doesn't end, friends. It doesn't no. end. Okay, so she throws him over, uh, flips him over into the blood. Then she throws him out of the pool. Then she jumps over to him and bites his neck again. And she feeds on him for a while, then tosses him away. He crawls into the blood fountain and then stands up and she walks towards him. And as he stands, she kicks him over and he falls into the blood fountain. Then she jumps on him, biting him again. And then they spin around in the blood for a long time and then they separate. She then holds his head under the blood and screeches till the windows shake. Charlie then pops back up and Jerry enters the room. Amy pushes Charlie away again and stares after him. Jerry crouches and hisses, kill him. Charlie has black eyes now and jumps out of the pool, grabbing the stake and posing it to stab himself through the heart. He says he's so sorry and stabs himself. Amy gets all veiny. And Jerry's like, no. She then jumps into the pool and both Amy and Jerry are screaming. Amy turns purple and all veiny and stuff. And it looks like she's dying. But then Charlie is alive again and he gets up and heals and like pulls the stake out of his chest. He didn't hit the heart. Charlie lunges at Jerry with the stake, but she turns around and grabs the stake, then pushes him out of the pool to the ground. And she holds the stake out to Amy and tells her to do it, do it now. She's about to, and then out of nowhere, Peter Vincent's Stakeofix comes out of 
the blue and stabs Jerry through the chest. She falls into the pool. Peter Vincent says, welcome to Fright Night for real, bitch, because we can't have a Fright Night movie without that line. We need it. Come on. And then all the bazillion clocks is what my note is. So all the clocks in Jerry's hallway and on people's nightstands and everywhere in the fucking world suddenly strikes 6 a.m. And then Peter Vincent says, didn't I tell you not to find yourself alone down here at the break of dawn? And you would think that would be the end. But no, there's more. Of course, there's more. Charlie says, nothing's changed and he's still vampy. Peter Vincent's like, oh shit. And he's looking at the door and there's the shadow that's taking over the door. Amy tosses Charlie back into the pool of blood again because, you know, we need to get our money's worth of this pool of blood because it was fucking expensive. (laughs) Exactly. We got to use it for all we can. Mm Mm-hmm. Jerry then gets back up and licks Peter Vincent's steak after pulling it out of her chest. Peter Vincent's backing away and Jerry hisses, missed. She then growls and that extinguishes all of the candles. She is now an uber vamp. She's spalled and like an ancient looking vampire in like a whole lot of special effects makeup. That's my best explanation. What happens to her clothes is my question. Same thing that happens to it when she's in camera. Wait, what? Like when she's oh, on camera, okay. you don't see clothes either. Gotcha. So same thing. Fair, but like now we see her tits. There's a camera around, so you know it's just. I like just thought her camera. I thought that like when she's on camera, it's like her clothes just become invisible with her. Not that she is disrobed. <laughs> That's what happened in every other movie. In this one, her clothes vanish and she she's just naked. Oh, okay. So just- all right. All right. I also would like to think that that whole entire plot hole of like, what happens when you turn into a bat to your clothes? That the bat is just wearing like miniature versions of your clothes. (laughs) That would make me so happy. (laughs) I would much prefer that. Then Peter Vincent is calling for Charlie to do something as Amy advances on Charlie and Jerry advances on Peter Vincent and grabs him by the throat and then tosses him away, then grabs him again by the throat. Peter says, the sun is up. Amy grabs Charlie and is going to bite him. Then Charlie uses his sonar to break the stained glass windows, then grabs Amy and pushes her underneath the blood in the pool so that they can hide from the sun. Jerry then burns and turns into a pile of goop that slowly makes its way back into the pool of blood. Peter Vincent looks for Charlie and Amy and they emerge. They are now human. And finally, they kiss. Peter Vincent says, that's disgusting. Do you know how many people have probably peed in that pool? I would guess probably not many. I mean, maybe if people were being murdered in there, you know, some people, when they die, they release their bowels and everything. Yeah, but then there's a lot more than pee in there. Yeah, but, you know, it was flashier to just say pee. Yeah, because, you know, Peter Vincent, class act. Yeah, absolutely. Classiest man you'll ever meet. So then we cut to them all walking away from the castle. Charlie and Amy are soaked in blood, looking like fucking Carrie or something. Peter Vincent says that he's sorry for what happened to Ed. And Charlie says, yeah, me too. And they have a bloody handshake. Peter Vincent tells Amy to take care of Charlie. Then she promises that she will and then gives him a kiss on the cheek. They head to their separate vehicles and Charlie turns and asks Peter Vincent what made him come back. And he says, I had to make sure the check cleared, kid. Ben drives off. Charlie then says that he bought something else for Amy and opens up the back of the van and he got her a new obnoxious cross necklace. Where the fuck did he get this? 
my question was when did when when was he able to get this? When was the time? Yeah, where and when is are my questions because well, you know. I have answers. Strippers, strippers have cross necklaces. <laughs> just things. Another one. Oh my god! It was good old crystals cross necklace. Exactly. You know that's what it was. Rewatching Friends right now, as as you Jeff know, but as our listeners yes. do not. Um, and there was one about Chandler making plans for a bachelor party for his friend. He hires a stripper, and her name is Crystal Chandelier. <laughs> I really like that name. And Joey's like, "Wow, no wonder she became a stripper with that name. Why would her parents call her that?" And Chandler's like, "What?" But it was- uh. So great. So great. I know you hate friends, but I like it. <laughs> I, hate is strong. I just don't think it's fun. Hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like you. <laughs> well, I think this is the first song today. It is. I I, I wasn't going to sing that, but then I realized I hadn't sung yet. So then I kind of half sung it. <laughs> there weren't that many song openings in, in this episode, in this, in this movie. Oh, okay. Where are we? Uh, yeah. Charlie Archie drives off. Charlie gets uh, Amy across out of the van and it's obnoxious, just like her old one. And she says, oh my God, Charlie, it's beautiful. And they kiss and then it's the end. And my main question is, are they going to drive back to the hotel covered in blood like this? And no one's going to have any questions at all because there have been a lot of murders recently so wouldn't people be like hi you just showed up covered in blood we have questions no they're gonna go to the strip club right and get some clothes uh, i love it because the strip club is being like my answer for everything at this point <laughs> they're gonna go there. it's <laughs> your one-stop shop for anything you need anything i need in this movie but you know what they're gonna go to the strip club or they're gonna peter vincent might have clothes to, to lend them or something he left already. They still have a car. I don't remember if they had the car still there. Till even. They had their own car, but they're covered in blood. They're going to follow Peter Vincent somewhere to steal clothes from the PA. I got nothing. I'm out of it. Okay. Well, that's the end of our movie. Thank the Lord. And it is over now. <sighs> and I'm almost afraid to ask. <laughs> I would change everything about this movie except for Peter Vincent and Jerry. That's my answer, Jeff. <laughs> Scrap <laughs> fucking everything. Oh uh, no. Okay. I would scrap most of this movie. I can't lie. I can't. I would scrap a whole bunch of this movie. I appreciated in theory them trying to tie this into history, but it was too heavy-handed and didn't actually end up working in the end. All the actors were terrible, except for Peter Vincent and Jerry. Yeah, I didn't like much of it, except for I act. I did enjoy Peter Vincent. I didn't enjoy Jerry, but she was a better actress than anyone else. So I was like, you're playing a vampire in a believable way. So I'll give you a pass. Could it be that you just hated the actor so much? Like if they were better casting, you would have not hated this movie? I think it would have helped. But I also think that it's shitty writing. All right, then. The characters were written badly. And then it was only made worse by Amy's fucking annoying voice. The problem with this movie, the biggest, they had ideas. So I can't say they didn't have ideas. They had ideas, but they didn't have dialogue. They were just, they were just like empty vessels making it from set piece to set piece is what it felt like mm. to me. This is my thing, a video game. You know, all right, I got to make it to the next cutscene where this is going to happen. All right, the, in the in-between parts is where they were failing. The vibe I'm getting from this movie, like two or three more rewrites. And I think they could have had something because they had decent ideas. They wanted to tie the history. They had um, the bathroom thing. They had a cool idea with the Peter Vincent thing. He should have been in the movie a little bit more than he was. And it explained why these two were broken up or and make it look like she actually cares about him because the whole, she didn't care about him at all until they were vampires. And then she did. Yeah. Or she didn't show that she cared about him at all until they were vampires. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't, but they never show anything. The evil relationship is fine for, for what that's going to be. 
the weird thing is about these movies at this point, I've seen this movie three times already. Mm-hmm. Fright Night 1, the remake, and this were basically, you know, all the same beats are there. They just dressed it up differently. It's the same movie wearing different clothes three times. Yeah. And this is the worst one of the three. Mm-hmm. It had ideas that could have saved it into it's doing its own thing. This movie is actually, think about it this way. If all the characters had different names, this isn't even a Fright Night movie. Yeah, it's very different. I, well, it's not very different, but it is different. It has... I appreciate, as I said, I did appreciate their attempt of having this history and an actual lore behind the vampire, but it just didn't work. And I really hated the comic book of it. The budget, I could forgive the comic book, but like, you know, they wanted wanted to give it a look. You know, it's whatever. Um, I don't know. And I hated all of Ed, like the only jump scares in the movie were Ed and it just got old real fast and all the actors were fucking terrible. I just first, what would you rate it? What would I rate it? I, a seven. No, no, not a seven. Not a seven. Before your head explodes. We're ending this podcast. Done. <laughs> Last episode. Uh, if I did halves, I would do two and a half. So I'm stuck between two and three. I'll go three. But I didn't like it. Just I gotta give it points for trying something. It tried a couple things. It, some of them were landed. Some of them didn't. But they tried. That's fair. I ended up rating this a two. I was very much considering doing a one. So my first thought was, I don't think that we will allow ourselves to do a zero. Like, I think that one is our lowest. That's why I've been saving ones. Like, I haven't hated anything for one status. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I ended up doing a two. Because I really fucking hated this movie. But I do assume that there are worse movies out there that exist. There were some things in this movie that I could appreciate. And thus, it gained that extra point from me. But I generally really fucking hated this movie. (laughs) They tried they tried. They failed at some of it, but they tried at least. So I gotta give you know, most people, most movies, they just trash. They just don't even do anything new. Don't try anything. This one, hey, they gotta give them credit for trying. Failing or not. No. That's fair. They swung. They missed. But they, missed. they tried. They followed the off. Yeah. So overall, this franchise is rated by us at a 58%. Uh, this last one, we really tanked it, didn't it? It did. It did. But I think that that's pretty fair. It's... <laughs> It's almost a 60. It almost passes. Yeah, almost. But they had two really shitty movies, and they had one really great movie and one pretty good movie. One movie was so good. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, like as good as it was, like the perfect remake is, in, is hidden away in this franchise that no one will watch because of the other three movies, more likely than not. But hopefully you're listening to this and you're realizing you should watch Fright Night 2011 because it is great. But next week... We go, we leave the vampires behind. Yes, and we are going to be skipping forwards since uh, we did take a couple weeks break. So we're going to just jump straight into the next franchise as opposed to have a mini-sode like we usually do. Yeah, a little palate cleanser gets skipped this time. And now with since The Conjuring 3 was just released, mm-hmm. as you're hearing this, it's a couple days old at this point. We are going to do the Conjuring franchise, just the Conjuring franchise, not the Conjuring universe. Yes. So, no. As of right now, I'm not saying we're never going to do Annabelle. No, right now, no Annabelle, because that's the only one that actually qualifies for us mm-hmm. since there's three movies. So, Jerona and The Nun, they're not going to be part of this, but we are going to do Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2, and Conjuring 3, Devil Made Me Do It. It'll be our next. Yes. 
And both Justin and I, like without rewatching it, we both enjoyed the first movie. We know that much when we first mm-hmm. saw it. We feel like we're going to end up with controversial uh, opinions going forward from that movie, but we'll figure it out. We, we will see because I've watched the first one and it's tiny. I enjoyed it. The second one, I watched half of. I haven't I've never finished it. And the third one, I haven't seen it as of recording. We'll be starting with the original, The Conjuring, about the, what is it? The Perrin family? The Perrin? I forget. Yeah, I think it's Perrin family for the first one. Yeah. So that should be a fun time. We, I think, might potentially have our first guest next episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember your friend wanted to come on for Fright Night. I mean, not for Fright Night, for Conjuring. Yeah. So I originally saw The Conjuring in theaters with my best friend, Yael. And she has said that she is interested in joining us for a recording. We'll see if that works into her schedule since we're... uh, kind of off our own schedule um so we'll see if that still works out with her but hopefully it does yes that'd be awesome yeah in the meantime we'd love to hear what you're thinking let me know if you want to see that video of fen my cat doing backflips you can reach out to us on facebook or instagram at series of horrors podcast or if you want to send us a note also let us know if you've been watching along with us what do you think of the friday movies did you enjoy them maybe we're totally off base with 2011 being better than the original. Let us know. What do you think? Uh, you can always send us that email at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you could, if you like what you listen to, please tell a friend to tell a friend tell a friend if you think they would enjoy this. And also rate, review, five star, thumb up, whatever it is that they do, whatever method you use to listen to us. Really appreciate it. Get the word out there of what we're doing here. Awesome. Yeah. And we've been hearing a lot from our non-horror fans that they're really enjoying this podcast so that they don't actually have to watch horror movies. So if you have a non-horror friend that you want in on all of the horror movie fun, you can send them our way and hopefully they get to enjoy it too. Yeah, maybe it'll be their, their little doorway. They leave the door open for them to then start watching the horror movies themselves later. Who knows? Yeah, but... In the meantime, we will see you next week with The Conjuring. All right, bye, guys. Enjoy the week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.